Welcome to Melanated Minds podcast. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Sarah and I'm a child and adolescent counsellor. Hi, I'm Karen. Please call me Kay. There are two Karens on this podcast. So for ease of listener, for the listeners, call me Kay. I'm a therapist. Hi, I'm Karen and I am a children's mental health practitioner. I work in both secondary and primary schools. So the idea for this podcast came from our chats. We are three women who are experienced in life and we often have conversations about what goes on in our lives or topical issues from three very different perspectives. So the idea came from Sarah to put it on a podcast. So we hope you enjoy it. Well, I have a young daughter. She is 12 years old and I had some challenges, shall we say, um, with her recently. And it really made me reflect on my parenting, um, my choices, um, and as I say, the way I parent. And I wondered how much of my parenting uh, practices are based on the way in which I was parented, you know, the way that I was brought up. Um, And so I put this to my co-hosts, and that's what we'll be discussing today, parenting. Um, okay, so if I go, and um, my parenting uh, was quite interesting. So I am a mixed um, heritage black woman, um, and I I was adopted when I was about three months old. Um, and my my father, birth father is Jamaican, and my mother, my birth mother, is half Irish and half Gambian. So I was adopted when I was a few months old by uh, two Caucasian uh, people, a couple, um, and I moved from the north of England down to Hampshire, which is where I grew up. So my birth family um, uh, were people that struggled with a lot of issues um, and they didn't have too much money. So then I was adopted into another family as I mentioned, um, a middle-class white family um, who did have quite a bit of money. Um, So my experience of parenting was quite interesting because I didn't really have, they weren't very strict. Um, They let me do a lot of things, whatever I wanted to do. Um, As a child, I don't actually have many memories of being disciplined too hard. I remember a couple of times kind of being shouted at and sent to my room I remember in those times as well I would um I was so cross at the time that I would actually turn over my room which is insane now and I think about it my own daughter that would never ever ever happen well I used to go to my bedroom I was sent to my bedroom and then I would proceed to throw everything around the room tear the bookshelves or the books off the bookshelves and throw all the toys around and throw the pillows and stuff off the bed and then I see sitting there kind of in the middle of all this chaos. And then my parents would come in and kind of tell me to tidy it all up. Um, and that was that. Now that happened a couple of times. I remember once my dad kind of getting angry and kind of pulling me up the stairs and telling me that's it, go in your room. And that was as cross as he got. Um, they talked to me a lot when I was out of line. I remember a lot of talking going on. And then when I got to my teenage years, then my gosh, um, I rebelled like nobody's business for various reasons. And I remember always kind of doing things that were supposedly wrong or, you know, quite dangerous at times. 
but they never really said anything. And I remember kind of being more and more rebellious because I wasn't being told not to. So I kind of thought, how bad can I can I go before they tell me not to? And mm. they didn't tell me not to. So I just went insane. I just went off the rails in a way. Um, can I ask a question then, Sarah? Did you feel, looking back at it, do you feel like there was a lack of boundaries really set by your parents? Yeah, 100%. There was a lack of boundaries set by my parents. Um, the teen, in the teenage years, I'd say in the primary years, it was, it was apart from me wrecking my bedroom. I think it was. I was quite a, I quite a quote unquote good kid. I didn't really um, get up to anything particularly severe. Um, I wasn't bullied, and I wasn't a bully, and I wasn't bullied. Um, nothing really happened. Um, yeah, apart from the teenage years. So I'd say yes, Karen. In the teenage years, lack of boundaries, one hundred percent. But in the primary years, it it was quite good. Um, and then, Sarah, can I ask what you wanted from them in your teenage years? What I wanted from them is someone to say, stop, don't do this. This is too much. We don't want you to hurt yourself, I guess. We don't want yeah. you to hurt yourself. Please don't do that. Don't do that. And it never happened. And um, it's interesting. And I talked to my parents about this teenage years now, and they still say, no, no, we did the right thing. That's exactly, you know, what, what you all do as well. It's like, um, hmm, let's see about that one. So that's what happened in my teenage years. Um, and then I left home when I was 18 and kind of that was that. So when I had my own daughter, um, I, when it comes to discipline, now she's eight years old. I have shouted at her maybe a handful of times, but she's a bit like me she's just a good kid again so she's she'll test the boundaries sometimes yeah. um but I can I believe because my parents spoke to me about things when I was younger there was a lot of talking going on I've always had an only child I've always had a long time of talking with my parents and it, that I understood what right and wrong was so yeah That's... I've kind of carried that on to my own parenting now with my daughter that's really really interesting um that you've said that, Sarah. Um, what resonated with me particularly is the fact that you had a lot of conversation with your parents. And I don't know about you, Kay, but my experience is very different to that. Um, my parents are from Jamaica. Um, they came sort of, I don't know, sort of just after the Windrush uh, time. Um, and they were quite, I suppose, I would have to say strict, I think I, I would say. Um, so there was lots of discipline. We had lots of rules and regulations. And my dad was a real no-nonsense Jamaican man. You know, I remember my friends being terrified to knock on the door because right. he'd just open it and say, who, who are you? What do you want? <laughs> so nobody would call for me. They would not come because my dad would just meet them at the door and just like, you know, wasn't having it. So, um, yeah, there was a lot of discipline. Um, we had chores, specific chores I had to do. I remember, you know, cooking rice and peas and Sunday roast when I was about I don't know 14 really well I might add um and the <laughs> thank you and the emphasis really was on you know keeping a good home I went to Sunday school dressed pristinely in my best Sunday school frock hair done um and that was really important um cleanliness 
and to, to have manners and to be well behaved. Um, interestingly, though, there was not so much emphasis, I don't feel, on academic attainment. Mm -hmm. So for me, I had to go to school, behave well. And as long as my report was you know, fine, um, th that was really it. I don't really remember my parents um, looking at my homework or helping me study or any of that sort of thing. And I think that's really to do with the fact, not because they didn't care, but I think they were so busy fighting fires, to be fair. They came over at a time where, you know, there were signs uh, in, in sort of um, the windows of accommodation that sent no Irish, no dogs, no blacks. Yeah. And yeah. so they had to really fight hard. They worked very, very hard to uh, create a decent, you know, life for us. Um, and so I think, yeah, they were so busy firefighting that perhaps those things went under the radar. Um, so Karen, in terms of, yes. Can I ask whether Sarah's experience, um, in Sarah's experience where she rebelled visibly, did it even cross your mind to rebel? Absolutely not. They're <laughs> <laughs> not the child, is it? Step, well, I can't remember what it was, but my yeah, parents were the spoiled the child. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, my parents were not particularly religious. I have to say, they didn't go to church. They just sent us to Sunday school. So my parents, I didn't really come from a sort of religious background as such, um, to be fair. But... No, the thought of rebelling never crossed my mind. Absolutely not. Because the thing is, I so wanted to please them. I wanted no. to be that model child. And I wanted, I didn't want my mum or dad to be disappointed with me. Um, and that was really important. So I would do sneaky things, mm -hmm. like, you know, maybe a truant from school one day, but God forbid if they found out. I'd just be mortified. <laughs> So no, the, the, you know, the option to rebel really wasn't there. It was, and also having conversation about things, as Sarah mentioned, wasn't really there. If my dad said no, you did not question that. It was yeah, not yeah. up for discussion. My parents spoke and that was the end of it really. So yeah, I just wonder what your experience, Kay, was like, because I know that you'll, it'll be slightly different for you, won't it? Yes, it was actually wildly different for me. I was born and raised in Jamaica. And so we had very very strict upbringing but also heavily influenced by religion um fundamental christian religion and belief so there was no room to test out what we wanted or what we cared for it was almost homologous you know you are children you're seen you're not heard and you don't have your own mind and i'll give you your thoughts if i want your opinion kind of um, parenting style, very heavy handed on the on the beatings as well. More so from my dad than my mum. My dad didn't beat you often, but when he did, my God, it was something. And so fear, I would say I grew up in a lot of fear of breaking the rules and then fear of God. So there was no fun to be had. There was no talking. So, you know, the idea that Sarah's parents would sit and talk with her, it seems quite lovely because mine wouldn't sit and talk with me when I did something wrong. It would be first the beating, uh, well, no, go back. First the look that says you're pretty much deceased and then the beating <laughs> to follow. <laughs> That's so severe, isn't it though? When you think yeah. about it now, like I can't imagine for my daughter, I can't imagine 
her getting beaten. So I just can't actually imagine it. No. no. You couldn't imagine in anger beating your child when no. you have lost control. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I, did it, I, I don't raise my children like that. Did it feel like they were beating you out of a loss of control? Or did it feel, when you look back on it, do you think mm-hmm. it was discipline? Or was it th- their own frustration, would you say? I'd say it was their own frustrations. Um, I grew up on a farm. My parents, um, very much working class. It was a hard life. You lose one crop due to the weather and that's your income gone. Things were difficult. So for them, the frustration of a child not pulling their weight or doing what is expected of them, the chores, seeing to the animals before and after school, which I loved. And I, I don't regret that at all. I loved tying my goats out and bringing them back in the evening and all of that. But all it takes is for one person to slip and not do what they're supposed to do. And then the whole flow of the home is affected. So yes, mostly it was frustration, but then there was a lot of shame. What will the neighbors say? You know, Mm -hmm. my daughter acting like that or my son is not behaving. The the church influence was heavy and and brought a lot of shame. How dare you bring shame to me? So, you know, my mom's favorite saying, she had three daughters was, wherever you catch your cold, you blow your nose which means if you get pregnant, you're not coming here with that baby. (laughs) You make sure you have alternative provisions. So yeah, my my childhood was quite rigid and fear-based. And I wouldn't dream of raising my kids like that now. In fact, I don't know if I've gone too far the other way. I don't think so, but I am a mixture of talking and, and disciplining. So do you think you've taken some parent parenting ideas from your family and sort of I don't know kind of changed it and modified it and made it work now or would you say you've gone completely the opposite to the way that you were parented I'm going with modification okay for example respect is huge to my parents you don't swear in front of them you you just don't disrespect them and that's important to me so you know I say to my children you can say what you need to say to me but you will say it respectfully um they can't swear at me but I agree. I'm they saying. do swear in front of me. Mm-hmm. One is in his um, early 20s. My daughter's about to turn 18. Maybe it's a football circuit, but, you know, you hear a lot of swearing. And some people be horrified that I allow my children to swear in front of me. But I do. But what they will never do is swear at me. That is interesting, actually, because I can see why you would allow that. It's just language, isn't it? And they're all they're both of an age where you feel that it may well be appropriate to use you know they couldn't when they were young I literally washed my son's mouth out with soap once (laughs) but uh, that's what I'm saying so now that they're older maybe you you know you see that as more an appropriate time to use that kind of language and as you say it's in conversation right yeah whereas I I still would not use profanity in front of my mother not only not to her but I would never Mm -hmm. use it in her presence same and even my eldest is 20 and I think one day she said something like I don't know s-h-i-t or something and she and it slipped Uh um and she sort of covered her mouth because she again wouldn't use profanity in my presence and I don't use it in in hers Uh I don't know if that will ever change to be fair I think that will probably stay with me I don't know that's just something that's like I say, it's come from my childhood, which I'll probably keep hold of. Um, but that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with, you know, people doing, you know, slightly different things. Um, but yeah, I think my parents 
yeah, it's been really um, influential in the way that I raise my children. I think like you, it's slightly modified. Um, I try to be very reflective. Uh, my children remind me that I'm a mental health practitioner and therefore <laughs> I must be mindful. <laughs> um, so I do try to be reflective. I think it's really, really important. Um, and I admit that, you know, I make mistakes. Sometimes I get things wrong. I think that's another thing that my parents didn't really do. I'm happy to say to my children, look, you know, I made a bad call there. That wasn't a great idea. Let's start again. Um, and I think that's been really helpful. We do communicate. Um, I have at times said no, because I've said so. Um, right. And sometimes I think it's important. I think there are there are times, especially when they're younger, when you have to, you know, you're giving an instruction and it's not up for debate. I've spoken. I'm the same. Yeah, I'm the same with Naya. I'm the same with Naya. Um, I remember though my parents, um, yeah, my parents, <laughs> when I was younger, they used to always say they were right. And, all, and even, mm -hmm. what did my dad say? I'm right and I'm right. And even when I'm wrong, I'm right. <laughs> You know, so, <laughs> so I just kind of listened to him and, I, you know, what I remember as a child listening to him, knowing that he was wrong, but, but I couldn't be bothered to say it. But the difference right. is now with my daughter is she will say, no, mummy, you didn't, you said this or that or the other. You didn't say that yesterday, though. Or she'll remember something like most kids do. Like two months ago on Monday, you said that. Mm -hmm. And she's right. <laughs> I did. <laughs> So I will, you know, I will, I'm happy to be corrected, but I will say, look, okay, you know what? Mummy's changed her mind, actually. And she thinks she'd like to do it this way now. And she'll say, oh, you know, well, you know, you, you did say that before. And I'll say, I know I did, but I've changed my mind. And so she'll say, oh. Right. So, Sarah, I'm going to yeah. pose the same question to you that Karen posed to me. Would you raise your daughter the way you were raised in terms of the permissiveness of the boundaries, particularly in your teenage years? <laughs> No, no, <laughs> no way in hell. And for the record, my part, my partner's um, Africans. There's no way in hell that is that stuff's gonna go down. Right, <laughs> just not gonna happen. Not even thought of. Um, no, my, my daughter. I am. I, I don't know. I'm quite an open-minded person, so I'm happy to talk to her about all sorts of different things, and I give her a good understanding of the world. A bit like your kids do Karen saying you're a mental health practitioner they remind you um and a bit like your relationship with your your children Kay you're very open yes so yeah I'm I'm happy to be open but I'm not having any gallivanting around mm -hmm. you know when they're when she's 14 that's not not okay going not happening. <laughs> the nightclub and, no that's not okay that's not okay um but then again I grew up in the countryside it's very rural so when I was like between 14 and 16, we'd be like hanging around on people's farms and we were all so bored, that's when we used to get into trouble. Whereas where I live now is, is nothing, it's not rural, it's not in the middle of the countryside. So it's a bit different. Whereas where I grew up, someone would have to drop me off at a farm or so my parents would drop me off at someone's yeah. farm. We'd sit in there and smoke weed or whatever, you know, and then get up to all sorts of silliness as, as a big group. But that's just cause you're bored half the time. So um, I think also my parents do say to this day, they say that if we told you, if we'd been more strict with you, we worry that you would have got worse and you'd have done it anyway. So they have, a, they point, have a point. Though. They have a point. So as much as they say, oh, you know, we didn't tell you this because we thought you'd do it anyway. I would have done it anyway because that's the kind of person <laughs> that I am. So what's that about, you know? Um, 
So is there anything yeah. you're taking into your style of parenting from your own upbringing, Sarah? Yeah, um, I'm definitely taking the talking and having time for my daughter to sit and talk with her um, and discuss feelings. And I think it helps being a counsellor that I'm very open to discussing everything, anything and everything. Let's just talk about it. No point in keeping anything held back or supporting that. It's just going to cause stress and I don't want my daughter to 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 hold things in you know um so yeah I'm definitely bringing on the bringing the talking into it and also another thing is cooking because my parents they love to cook mm-hmm. and when I was a small child I remember just sitting in the kitchen talking to my dad and he'd always be cooking all the time he was cooking and he's still just the same now he's like in an apron at all times so <laughs> so that's what I brought into my parenting as well I've just realized that recently really and my daughter loves to cook and she again I'll talk to her and we'll we'll start we'll, we'll start cooking so I've brought that into my parenting because I never was taught to cook as such I just learned to cook because they were always cooking so I kind of just realized I, I, I just learned through that and I, I love to cook so bringing and that into it yeah. yeah um but yeah something else I was just gonna say something else that you said Sarah that really rang uh <clears throat> true with me was when you talked about you know talking to your parents a lot mm. um, and I remember having a, a conversation recently with my youngest and you know she was saying oh no there's certain things mom I, I wouldn't want to talk to you about and I said why she said because you are quite opinionated you have really strong views and I do I don't apologize for them they are my views they ha- are how I feel but I said to her there's nothing you could tell me or say to me that would stop me from loving you I will love you no matter she sort of looked at me really you know quite perplexed as if you know wasn't expecting that and I said there is nothing you could do or tell me that will stop me from loving you so whatever it is even if I don't like it even if I disagree with it I will always love you and actually I think it was really important for her to hear that yes because it was very distressing for me to hear her say there are things I wouldn't want to share with you I never want my children to feel like that I mean obviously there are some things that I don't know as adults, they may not want to share, but as a, you know, as a, as an adolescent, I wouldn't want her to keep anything from me, no matter how my reaction might be initially, you know? Um, so Karen, you've uh, removed the fear, the fear I, I hope so. I grew I up re- with, yeah, which was, I really hope so. I could only be one version of myself, yeah. good, Christian, obedient, pure, um, and all whatever as my my parents projected onto me to be so did that, um, did that feel like pressure for you huge amount of pressure I lived two lives when I left for for um, high school and for college they didn't know and they still don't know and they won't listen to this podcast so they won't know <laughs> <laughs> half the things I got up to because I lived a very different life in front of them versus to what I lived behind them and I didn't want my children to have to split themselves in that way so mm-hmm. I I remove that fear and I do talk to them. Um, as Sarah hinted, I'm, I'm quite open, especially on important topics. So for instance, and this is gonna be my final contribution for this episode, um, the topic of sex and sexual behavior and managing sexual feelings, that wasn't a thing. You're a Christian, you're not supposed, supposed to feel anything from the waist down until you're married and then magically <laughs> it should all fall into place. And of course that was not me. I was very, very interested in sex appropriately and that could not be shared with my parents. Everything had been done in secret. So I did some really stupid and dangerous things and took some risks that you know thankfully haven't left me with anything lifelong but could have so with my children 
I invited them to remain pure until a certain age. I invited them to think about the emotional consequences of sex rather than just the physical pleasure. And I, I gave them good enough self-esteem so that they didn't feel the need to give themselves away sexually, to feel like they were desirable or wanted or loved. Um, and, you know, for my daughter, the choice is she's nearly 18. She is still very virginal and not interested in giving herself away. But had I put it to her the way it was put to me, that you're going to hell if you have sex before you're married, she would probably would have been all over the shop by now, um, which was my experience growing up. So for me, what I'm leaving behind completely is a church and its influence on parenting is not healthy. Um, and still trying to find a middle ground. We never stop being parents, even though my children are much older. So I'm going to keep trying to find that middle ground between I'm not your friend. I'm still the, the parent and I'm going to hold the boundaries, but you can talk to me. What a lovely note to end on, Karen. Um, so would you like to give the uh, email address just in case anyone would like to contribute or comment on today's episode? I will, but I'd love a final word from Sarah. Yeah, final, yeah final word is, um, yeah, I've just found it really interesting talking about our different parent styles. Um, and there is always a link between the way that um, a person was parented and our own parenting styles or their own parenting styles. And I think it's always good to know the the good, the bad and the ugly when it comes to parenting of, of, of what's happened with yourselves um and then we can reflect on our own parenting um and pull out the good bits and understand the not so good bits and not carry them down to our children that's what's most important so yeah fantastic so that's it for our first episode send your questions your comments or your experiences to melanatedminds at gmail.com this email address will also be in the bio you to respond to we would love to hear from you bye for now bye bye